ಓಮ ಜ್ಞಾನ ಚಿಂಜನ ಶಲಾಕ Srila Bhaktisiddhan Saraswat Thakur is the spiritual master of Srila Prabhupada. One of the uh, defining missions of his life was the proper definition of words. Because many words are misused, just like people use the word spiritual to mean all kinds of things which are not spiritual. For instance, uh, mostly, almost every word, every, actually every word is misunderstood. Everything is misunderstood. Everything in the whole universe is misunderstood. What is good and what is bad? People think what is good is that which is good for my sense gratification. What is bad is that which impedes my sense gratification. Just back to front. What is good should be for Krishna's sense gratification. What is bad is that which impedes Krishna's sense gratification. Nothing can impede that, but that which causes us to forget. So anyway, um, over a prolonged period, I've been speaking on the meaning of different words in their proper Krishna conscious context. So, I'll speak tonight about ambition. You all know this word, ambition. Along with its success, it's the guiding principle or the misguiding principle of life in of the middle class indian <coughs> middle class indians today you should be ambitious and become a success well you're already successes all of you because you're working in kuwait and that for someone living in india that in itself is considered a success right maybe when you go back to india especially if you're not from a big metropolis people think oh very big man working in kuwait i know i used to see in bangladesh that someone from a village in bangladesh he's cleaning some toilets in sharjah or something when he goes back to his village he's a very big man working in sharjah He gets that pleasure once every, once every year or two. And the rest of the time he's considered at the bottom of the social ladder, but for, for a few days in every year or two, he has the pleasure of being considered a very big, important person. So ambition, this idea is there that You should be ambitious. Make the most of your life. You can do it. You can do it. You can go to Kuwait. You can do it. That's it. Be ambitious. This is foolishness. Because however big we are, we're small. Who are the biggest people in the history of the world? It doesn't matter. In the history books, what do they teach you in India? In the school books, who are the great people in the history of India? Akbar. Aurangzeb, he was he was highly influential. Any Hindus? Mahatma Gandhi. They don't teach about Netaji Subhash Chandra Bose. 
according to uh, according to the uh, modern mythology which they teach as history the uh, mahatma gandhi was instrumental in removing the british from india Prabhupada said that actually it was netaji because he the indian soldiers were going and joining his army and then the british knew we can't keep power they weren't worried so much about gandhi because British were in power. Power means the power to inflict violence on others. So they didn't care so much about Gandhi. Anyway, it's it's a nice mythology. It seems nice. He was that. He was by his non-violence he removed the British. Anyway, these are big people, but in course of time it'll all be forgotten. There's the, the Vaishnava poet Vidyapati sings. Koto Chaturanana Mari Mari Jautu. How many Brahmas have come and gone? It's within one sneeze of Lord Brahma, twenty or thirty Mahatma Gandhis come and go. Because his time, is, the time is different. This Einstein gave some idea that time is different according to the motion of the planets. So one day in one planet will be different to another day. We see even on this planet, one one day in the Sweden it's uh, it may be uh, 24 hours. <laughs> the sun never sets. Whereas in Singapore, which is right on the equator almost, then it's pretty much constant throughout the year. Sunset and sunrise time. Whereas in Sweden in the winter there's no day. In the north, in the northern part. So uh, in Brahma's planet, one day is equal to a very long period. And in that period there are so many, there are actually 1,000 cycles of Satya Yoga, Treta Yoga, Dwarpa Yoga, Kali Yoga. And people don't even know about that. In modern so-called history, they, they think it goes back, how long do they say? 5,000 years, not even that much. But Vedic history goes, you see, we have Ram Bhagavan Ki Jai. Well, when did he live? In the Treta Yoga. He's living now, but when did, was he appearing in this world? That's... Uh, Way back, more than a million years ago. The people don't believe these things because they take education in the school. The, the job of the school is to fill your brain with all kinds of rubbish, like how to, be, how to be a success, which is all meaningless. To be a success, what? What does it mean? You'll be considered prestigious in the eyes of others. And what's the value of that? Just Brahma's his one day is one thousand cycles of Satya Yoga, Treta Yoga, Dwarpa Yoga, Kali Yoga. That's one day, and his night is that long. And Vidyapati, the poet says, so many Brahmas are coming and going. It means that in time is immeasurable, and this life is just a flash. And in the, in, in the course of this life, we take ourselves to be so important and I, I have to show myself to be better than others. People should respect me. And we dedicate our whole life to this. This is a, a misuse of human life. So this idea to be ambitious, to be a success... It's, uh, it, put, it puts us on the wrong track. What is the actual meaning of life? We should consider. Lord Krishna speaks this. It's not in Bhagavad Gita. It's from Srimad Bhagavatam. He says that 
we should consider that now we have a human birth. We don't get a human birth very often. After many, many lives, we get a human birth because there are 84 lakh species of life. We may go through all of them. We may go through all of them several times before we get a human birth, depending on our karmic debt that we have to pay off. So human birth is very rare. But now we got it. So uh, we should consider it's very rare. Now we got it. And the human life is the only opportunity for getting free from birth and death. Therefore, considering this, before we lose this life, which will be very soon, we won't stay very long, we should do whatever is required so that we don't get another birth. That should be the aim of our life. And if we think, well, I could enjoy myself, why should I bother trying for any spiritual progress? We'll just consider. We enjoyed ourselves as a cat, we enjoyed ourselves as a dog, we enjoyed ourselves as a monkey, so-called enjoyment. And that's why we're suffering. We're suffering in this world because we think we can enjoy in it. So we should consider this and act in such a way that we don't have to get born again. So this should be the aim of our life. That's not exactly... The word ambition and the word aim is not exactly the same. Because ambition, the idea is there to promote oneself, to make oneself big in the eyes of the world. Once, <clears throat> Srila Prabhupada in England, some, uh, well actually it was the mother of one of his disciples who was from a so-called well-to-do family, and she had great ambitions for her son, that he would be a great man of this world. But he left his prestigious school or university or whatever and joined the Hare Krishna movement. So she came along with a priest to support as, as a just like she's meeting Prabhupada, who's a spiritual man, so she brought another spiritual man to argue the case. And she was... So, uh, she was saying, well, it's, see, none of you, your disciples, they don't have any ambition. Prabhupada said, yes, no, they don't have any ambition. No ambition. And she thought that was something very bad. But Prabhupada would say, no, I have no ambition. And she thought, from her perspective, this was, they're spoiling their life. You should use it to make the most of it. And then one devotee said that, well, maybe they have spiritual ambition. Prabhupada said, no, no ambition. So spiritual aim, yes, but not spiritual ambition. The idea that, well, I'll be very big. I'll, I'll be a big spiritual leader and everyone will recognize me. That's also another form of maya. Maya, some, it's not that just by taking to spiritual life one becomes free from maya. As you might have noticed. Those of you who are taking to. And it's not, uh, that in spirit, Sometimes people think that in, in spiritual life also the aim is to get promoted or get up, become a big leader, something like this. Uh, before I entered the sannyas order, I was in the brahmachari life and my name at that time was Ilapati Das Brahmachari. So um, I used to regularly go to Rangoon Yangon. And uh, we didn't have any center or anything there at that time. I used to stay with some Marwari people in the city. So um, I went there once and he, this man I was staying with, uh, he addressed me uh, Ilapati, like this. And I said, well, actually now uh, I took sannyasa and my name is changed. And he, he turned to 
one of his friends, this Marwari man, and said, Promotion, Hoga. <laughs> so, another of our devotees is uh, Kesha Bharati, Ghost Maharaj. You can invite him here if you like. You know him? No, he lives six months or maybe less of the year in Govardhan. And most of the rest of the time he's in America. And he's busy like everyone else. But you can invite him. He's a very inspiring devotee. So, uh, he's also uh, from American Jewish background and those of you who know something about the culture of America know that the Jews are a minority but they're a forward minority, you could say, to use Indian English. Not a backward minority. They, they tend to get ahead in the world. They're intelligent, industrious. So they, they don't get ahead in the world by being non-ambitious. They're ambitious. So uh, his father expected him to be a big shot in the world and earn lots of money. That's what Jews do. Not all of them, but that's... It's more important among Jewish people to earn lots of money than it is among, in general, it's generalizations, and among other ethnic groups. So his father was not at all happy when he joined the Hare Krishna movement. But he'd been in the movement about 10 or 12 years and he visited his parents and his father he'd heard that he'd become like the leader of our movement in Spain and Portugal quite a large area of Europe and he, his father said to him approvingly that, oh I heard you became a big shot so he liked that if he'd been in what we would call uh, an insignificant devotee with no position, but he was immersed in chanting Hare Krishna with pure love, people won't appreciate. What's the use? What's he doing? Wasting his life. But if you have a big position, you think, oh, very good. That's why we have sannyas. Because people think it's important. Actually, it's not important. What's important is to love Krishna. At the end of life, you may be a brahmachari, grihasta, vanaprastha, sannyasi, but we have to love Krishna. And if we, we may be big, big titles, big, big seed, but if we don't love Krishna, then we've wasted our life. And if we don't have any big title and we love Krishna, then that's the perfection. That is the perfection of life. That's what the Krishna Conscious Movement is for, to reawaken our love for Krishna. But this is uh, not so easy for people to recognize or appreciate. And so some people take sannyas, some men take sannyas, some spirit souls in men's bodies, to put it more politically correctly. <coughs> Uh, for the sake of preaching. Because people think that, well, sannyasi must be very important. So if someone's got something to say which is important, which the Krishna conscious message is important, people should listen with respect. And people tend to respect the order of sannyas. And therefore, that's why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu took sannyas. He didn't need to take sannyas. He's already perfect in all respects, simply to think of him as the perfection of life. But he took sannyas so that people would respect him, so they would listen to what he said. Because even though he's Bhagavan himself, it's not necessarily that people listen to him just because he's Bhagavan. They don't care. That's why we're in this mature world, because we don't care about Krishna. 
Krishna, he spoke Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna. He didn't speak it to Duryodhana. Duryodhana wouldn't have listened. He wouldn't have respected Krishna. Because Arjuna respected Krishna, and then Krishna spoke to him. If he spoke to Duryodhana, Duryodhana would have said, Shut up. You listen to me. I'll tell you. I can give you good instruction. Why are you trying to give me good instruction? So, uh, that happened with the, uh, what is that? Madhu Kaitab, the first two demons that uh, Krishna, Mahavishnu was fighting with them. And he was pleased with their fighting and they said, okay, I'll give you a benediction. He said, well, what do you want to give us? We'll give you a benediction. They were so proud. So, uh, yeah, devotees, not ambitious. He knows everything in this one. What is this idea? I will, I will be a big shot, much respected. A devotee may accept, just like I'm sitting on this big seat here, higher than you, may accept respect for the sake of speaking the message of Krishna. But if we think that, Amito Vaishnav, if we think, I am a Vaishnav, Bhaktivinoda Thakur sang one song, Amito Vaishnav, E Buddhi Hoile, Omani Nahobavami. If I think that I am a Vaishnav, then I will not be Omani. Then just, I will not be devoid of the desire for respect. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu teaches us that to be a Vaishnava, we have to be amanina manadena, not desiring respect and always giving respect to others. And it gets worse. Amanina hobo ami pratishtasha pratishtasha hridoi dushibe hoibo niroyagami then the desire to be honored will pollute my heart and I'll become a candidate for going to hell. In the name of... While I'm thinking I'm a Vaishnava, I'm actually preparing myself to go to hell. So... A Vaishnava may accept respect. That's within the Vaishnava culture also. That... Someone has to be a guru. Someone has to be a disciple. A disciple has to learn from a guru. He cannot learn unless he respects. So someone has, for the sake of helping others, then someone has to take that role of being guru. But internally he has to think that I'm the servant of everyone, while at the same time, for the sake of instructing others and helping them to come up, he has to think himself less than them. So, this is the uh, Vaishnava understanding, but not ambition. I suggest that this camera is moved to this side, because it's right in the passageway there. So a devotee uh, is not ambitious. This foolishness of thinking, I will be big, I will be great, which is promoted as the, especially in India, I think in India more than in any other country in the world, especially among the middle class, this idea promoted, be big, be great, make a success of yourself. Which is actually, like I say, it's misleading. Of course, everyone has to do something in this world. What is that? Krishna says in Bhagavad Gita, Sharira yatra picha te naprasedyata karmanaha. One cannot maintain the body without doing some work. So, it's not that it's saying don't work, don't just... But the idea that I will, I'll be a big success, this is, it's actually all exploiting. Just like the, the advertisements, they exploit you. Say, buy this and you'll be so happy. They, the person who's selling it doesn't care whether you're happy or not. They just want your money. They just want your money, that's all. 
So like that, they say that the whole education, you'll be a great success. But actually what happens is if you're a so-called success, means you get a job and you earn whatever it might be. 50,000 rupees a month is considered a good salary in India. But whoever's paying you that, they're getting 50 crores a month benefit out of you. So it's... In, they're promoting that you will be benefited, but actually what happens is just a few people benefit. In the, in the modern world especially, it's all big companies, and uh, few people benefit, and everyone else, they, they're just working and working. And uh, people think themselves successful if they can get earn enough to feed their families and pay the bills. That's the great success of life in the modern age, with all the progress. And the bills, and the bills, and they're always coming more and more. And there's no end to the bills. People may want mukti just to get free from the bills. And when you think you've paid them all, and then you get a heart attack, and then there's another, you know, one lakh to fly you in the helicopter, two lakhs probably to the uh, hospital and then just just to admit you that's another two lakhs and then it goes on and on there's no end there's the bills and the, if you earn more then you have to pay more for your daughter's marriage so it's whatever you earn it all goes so it's cruel it's, and to be a success means you have to spend at least 50 lakhs on your daughter's marriage and even though you don't have that much money so you go into debt for the rest of your life just to maintain the, the prestige that is commiserate with my permission, position and suffer so much anxiety. So this ambition, this idea of ambition is just promoting material desire, that's all. And material desire as... Uh, well, that's the basis of Buddhism, isn't it? That desire causes suffering. It's not quite right. Material desire is the cause of suffering. Spiritual desire is bliss. So Buddhism got it half right. But to get it half right they, it means they're half, half wrong. And the, bit they got, the, bit, the, the bit they got right is okay, but the bit they got wrong, they, they really made, they missed it by a big way. They think that all desire, then actually if you only get it half right, then it means you're all wrong. Because if you say desire is the cause of suffering, and then they include the spiritual desire to cause, to serve Krishna, they get that wrong, and then uh, they got everything wrong. Because the, if you don't have the desire to serve Krishna, then you must have the desire, material desires, because we cannot be without desire. So, actually, they got it all wrong. But material desire is the cause of suffering, and to promote that, be ambitious, get a good job, be a success, it's actually other people are exploiting. This whole society is exploiting us. Just like come to Kuwait and earn so much money, but they, they every uh, fill that you earn it's with your blood and sweat, is it not? They squeeze you out, and they don't care if you, you know, you get sick or die or whatever. What do they care? They just hire someone else. No one cares. The fact, you know, the whole country, the whole country is full of so much pollution, and people get sick. Well, they care. Someone's making money. America cares. They came in to protect the country because they love Kuwait so much. <laughs> they protected it from that rascal Saddam Hussein and they loved the Iraqi people so much. They cared so much and they went in there and they removed him. And See, so someone loves you. Or is it that oil in the ground? I wonder. What is it? <laughs> what is it they really care for? Well, they couldn't even fool their own... Even their own people know that it's just for the oil. They don't care. So many people 
killed in so many people are being exploited and killed in so many places. What are they talking about? They want to put democracy in Iraq. How about putting it in Saudi Arabia? They never thought about that, did they? <laughs> they never invaded Saudi Arabia to put anyway. These are just the hypocrisy. It's just Kali Yuga means the age of hypocrisy, and this promoting this ambition is just another symptom of the hypocrisy of the modern age. So Prabhupada said we shouldn't be ambitious even spiritually. That we should have an aim, but that aim should be to be the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant of Krishna. But the idea, ambition, that, well, I'm not just going to be a cow in Vrindavan, I'm going to be a gopi. And I'm, I'm going to be a big shot in in the spiritual world. And I, at least I'm going to be one of the top gopis. See, uh, Never mind all those that, but Srila Prabhupada writes, if you read the Nectar of Devotion. Who read the Nectar of Devotion? <coughs> you should all read this. Very important book. So Srila Prabhupada says that the idea to think that I will become just like Nanda Maharaj, that's a kind of Mayavad. Mayavad, the idea that we'll become one with God. We cannot become God and he already has his father, mother. We should think to become the servant of those who are serving Krishna. The idea that I, I'll march into the spiritual world and kick everyone out and take over and become the top man in Vaikuntha. This is also a wrong idea. We should simply desire to serve. That's why Prabhupada says a devotee has no ambition. Either to be a, a big shot in the, on the earthly plane, I'll be a big leader, people will respect me. Or to, even in the spiritual world, to think I'll be very big. Vaishnava philosophy, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught that, is to be Gopi Bhatur Padakamalaya Dasudasanadasa become the servant of the servant of the servant of the servant of he who is the husband or the maintainer of the gopis, Krishna. So that is our aim, but not our ambition. Ambition means to promote ourselves. And this, this idea, I will be big, that is demoniac, actually. As Lord Krishna points out in Bhagavad Gita, that the demoniac people think, Ishvaro ham aham bhogi, Siddho ham balavan suki. I am, the, I am God. I am the controller. I am the biggest. I am the enjoyer. Everything in the world is meant for me to enjoy. I am perfect. No one can criticize me. I'm powerful. I can look after myself. I don't need to pray to any god to look. I don't need anyone's help. I can do everything by myself. I'm happy. I'm happy. We don't see that we're so small and so insignificant to think I am big. Or I'm not big now, but I'll become big. Srila Prabhupada, once he was in Japan negotiating uh, for mass printing of his books. So he met at the table with all the Dainippon, that was the company name, with their executives. And they all offered him the visiting card. So, uh, then after the meeting they all left and they left one junior executive to look after Srila Prabhupada and his party. So Srila Prabhupada um, immediately started preaching to the man. He asked him, what is your aim of life? So the man in reply, he took all the business cards which were scattered on the table and put them in order. Company president, vice president, and like this. And his was on the bottom. His junior executive. And he pulled his out and put it on top. <laughs> That's his aim. In this way he showed what is his aim of life. 
its foolishness. You see some, sometimes the flies are coming in in the evening, is it, in Kuwait? So that fly, someone may, of course, my don't do that, but someone may swat it and kill it. He might have been the uh, last president of America. <laughs> or maybe the next president of America. <laughs> that's it. That's the Sangsar Chakra. It goes like that. One day you're very big, very powerful. Every day your name is in the newspaper. Next day for just a fl- literally, literally a fly. Literally a fly. You see, even so many prime ministers of India, probably, they, most of, if you ask the children now, they probably never heard of them. There's so many prime ministers. Now, who is that? Chandrasekhar, you know? He's one of the prime ministers. You ever heard of him? Narasimha Rao. He wasn't so long. Then this uh, Gujral, was, was he? Yeah. <laughs> Then, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, then uh, the presidents, that Rajendra Prasad, yeah. they teach in the, probably in the history books about them. <coughs> Otherwise, who knows? Then in the in the independence movement, there are so many people. Who, they come and forgotten. So, but yeah, while, while they're prime minister, their name is in the newspaper every day and then forgotten. So what is the use? Just be a humble servant of Krishna, that's all. And be, yeah, I was talking about misused words, but the, the, the ambition is uh, just a misused concept. or it's, it's just a wrong concept from the very beginning. The idea, I will be very great. Even sometimes people say, well, you have to get a big position and then you can preach and people will respect you, so you should work hard and get ahead in your company. In preaching, purity is the force. So if if we spend all our time working to working overtime to get a bigger position in the company, then we won't have time for hearing and chanting about Krishna. And if we don't hear and chant about Krishna, then what are we going to preach about? Or what example are we going to show? So, if you happen to be in the workforce, there's no harm in Getting a promotion, we're not saying that everyone should just clean the toilets. But to be to be obsessed with it, as materialistic people are, that I must get ahead, or to think that it's better for preaching, well, it may be, but really, purity is the force in preaching. It's, it's, if one has Krish, if one has the mercy of Krishna, then you can extend that to others. But if if you don't have it, and that comes from practicing bhakti. If you don't have it, then uh, what can you give? So we should be careful of this, this idea that I should be big, go ahead, make, make a great success of myself. We should know that. When Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Janma Satakari, make your life meaningful. He didn't mean to uh, become the president of a company. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, Bharata Bhumite Hoilo Manusha Janmaja Janma Shata Kari Koro Para Upaka. Those who have the good fortune to take human birth in Bharata, they should make their life meaningful. Mostly people's life is meaningless. And Work for the benefit of others. So this is in, this means Krishna consciousness. Without that, life is meaningless. However, bigger shot we may be, it's 
Krishna, what does he care whether you're the head of a company or the, or the cleaner of the toilets in the company? Krishna, if the, the, who's cleaning the toilet in the company is very dear to Krishna if they chant Hare Krishna and cultivate bhakti. And the head of the corporation, what does Krishna care for them? You think we can impress Krishna? I'm the head of the corporation. Krishna is the head of millions of universes. What does he care about the head of a corporation? We all know that incident where Duryodhana invited Krishna. And Krishna wouldn't go. The king invites you. Not interested. And then uh, the wife of Vidur is feeding Krishna some banana skins. And Krishna's happily eating because she offered it with bhakti. So, our aim should be to please Krishna, but not ambition. If we say ambition, that means there's some some personal desire is there for recognition, which is the opposite of Vaishnavism. So I was asked to speak about the distribution of Srila Prabhupada's books. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. If we, Well, as Srila Prabhupada himself, there's no doubt that to distribute these books is the most important method of preaching Krishna consciousness. We should all distribute Srila Prabhupada's books, first of all to ourselves. Charity begins at home. Srila Prabhupada sometimes quoted that. So we can fill our homes up with books. Of course, here in Kuwait, it's not your real home, but as you're here sometime, our real home is back to home, back to Godhead with Krishna. But our families, in your family in India, make sure they have all the books Srila Prabhupada. And, uh, yeah, we, we should, naturally, if we're taking up Krishna consciousness, then we can realize how superior it is to materialistic life. How miserable is life in Kuwait? People think it's successful to come here. What a horrible place. I mean, it's Ugra, what is it? Ugra Karma Karaj Dhani. This is really just pumping oil out of the earth, building buildings in the desert. Desert is only meant, the only human function in the desert is to those who are sinful are born here, actually, according to Shastra. People in a place where there's no water or no earth for growing food, to be born in such a place is to live in such a place is simply some uh, sinful reaction. So, uh, yeah, uh, taking to Krishna consciousness, we can appreciate how much, what is the difference? And how useless and meaningless and bleak is life without Krishna? And life with Krishna, that is life. Everything else is wasted life. But this we can uh, appreciate fully more and more by studying Srila Prabhupada's books. He gave the Bhagavad Gita, which is the essence of all spiritual knowledge, just two or three nights ago in in Gujarat. I was uh, lecturing at a public program and one man came up, he was a a magistrate, and he is very enthusiastic about Bhagavad Gita. And he said, yes, this is the, see, whatever sampradayas they may be, whatever it may be, this Bhagavad Gita, this is the mool. This is, everyone needs to study this. So, everyone can appreciate that Bhagavad Gita is required. But actually, we need to understand Bhagavad Gita as it is. The knowledge in Bhagavad Gita is the essence of all spiritual knowledge. So anyone who has any inclination towards spiritual life 
they should read Bhagavad Gita. But to read Bhagavad Gita as it is, as Krishna instructed Arjuna, that makes a lot of difference uh, as to reading it from Bhagavad Gita interpreted by someone else who doesn't follow Arjuna. Arjuna, Krishna addressed Arjuna, Bhaktosi me sakacheti, because you are my devotee as well as my friend, therefore you are fit to understand Bhagavad Gita. So one has to be a devotee of Krishna, otherwise we can't understand. So this Bhagavad Gita, that, uh, all over the world actually, that's by far our most distributed book. People, in India people, they like, we're going all over India again and again and again with buses and door-to-door distributing books and people take Bhagavad even they already have a Bhagavad Gita, they, we offer them all the different books, and usually they take Bhagavad They say, I already have this, and they show them all the different ones. They say, okay, I'll take Bhagavad Gita. They prefer to take that. Then they'll give to someone else or whatever. Of course, all the books are very important. For those who have studied Bhagavad Gita, and there's no end to studying, but uh, to go on in more detail, Krishna says, Manmana, think of me. So, who is Krishna? How to understand him? What are his activities? What are his pastimes? They're given in more detail in Srimad Bhagavatam. So, um, now we have, especially in this month, there's more effort by our devotees all over the world to distribute Srila Prabhupada's books. Actually, it's, it should be all the year round, but especially in this month, we do. Just like all the year, I was just discussing with some devotees. He's been to his home and they're having Durga Puja. And he didn't want to participate because now his family, they're doing Durga Puja. And then they, they asked him, why are you not doing Durga Puja? So Durga Puja, okay, that's one day or nine days. Or, but Krishna Puja, that's every day. <laughs> so like that, we do the Bhuktisrusha Marathon once a year. Actually, in many places they do two, three, four marathons a year. But it should go on all the time. But especially... Uh, at this time, in the West, it's it's a very favorable time for distributing books because people they they spend a lot of money before Christmas in many countries. That's their tradition. I guess just like uh, Diwali in India, people give gifts and all this. But in India, also we for the uh, what they miscall or misname Gita Jayanti. Actually, there's there's not the proper word, but it's become known as Gita Jayanti. So we can tell people at this time, now is the time you should take Bhagavad Gita. So you can tell like that. And then for yourselves, charity begins at home, so get a set of Srimad Bhagavatam. You don't have time to read? Well, if you if you want to, Krishna will give you time. If you, if you really want to, then uh, Krishna will help. He'll, he'll make an arrangement where we have time to read. There's one devotee, I was just, in, in one, I was staying for some days with some brahmacharis whose main service every day is to distribute Srila Prabhupada's books all the year round. Of course, they go sometimes to festivals here and there, mostly on trains. They go on the trains and they have to avoid the TTE. And then they go up and down the trains and distribute Srila Prabhupada's books. It's a good way because people in India, they, uh, they have some inclination towards this, many of this. And they're sitting on the train, they have nothing to do. So, you, and they're not in a hurry to go anywhere, at least they can't get out. Of, I mean, they're going in the train, but they're not rushing off to do something else. So, you, so it's good for distribution of these books. So they do that, and uh, one devotee wants to read more, so he stays up at night. When everyone else is sleeping, he reads. One of my godbrothers, when we were on traveling Sankirtan in West Bengal, this was years ago, he used to stay up at night and read most of the night. So, yeah, read Sriman Bhagavatam. It's the we should not be ambitious, but we should make it the aim of your life to as soon as possible. Don't put it off. 
When I'm 99 years old, I'll read Srimad Bhagavatam. After breathing all the air here in Kuwait, you won't live to be 99. That's for sure. So start now. Shubhasya Shigram. This is Shub Ati Shub. To study Srimad Bhagavatam. So take a set for yourself and read it. And you will see the difference. I'm always pushing people to read. Read the Bhagavatam. And when they finally, okay, all right, they finally surrender to do so, and then they come back and they say, oh, so good, I wish I'd started ten years ago. So, don't wait for ten years, twenty years. Better start now. You'll definitely... If you start to read, you'll feel that your life is so much enriched and your, your practice of bhakti. Now you're doing, but by studying these books, you yourself will find how rich your appreciation of Krishna and Krishna courses has become. So make time. I was just saying to Ved Prakashji how his being from a Brahmana family, his forefathers must have been studying the Shastra. And he also has many books in his home. So he, the inclination is there to read, but the time is not. It's sad. But make time. Make time. Instead of using your intelligence to, or focusing on it on to be ambitious in the material sense, have the spiritual aim to Study these books. Srila Prabhupada very much wanted us to do so. And if you do so, then naturally you'll get the inclination to want to distribute that to others, to distribute this knowledge to others. So Srila Prabhupada said, that is my request, that you distribute these books, and uh, that we should do as followers of Srila Prabhupada. Many things we have to do. Become a follower of Srila Prabhupada is not like becoming a follower of Swami Bogus a thousand and a hundred, a thousand and eight times over Swami. Who they, 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 they have nothing, for, just you'll come to their satsang and he'll give you Ashivad and you'll give some Dakshina and that's it, the whole business finished. Or maybe they give you some Ayurvedic medicine which. <laughs> Okay, it's all right, but that's not the job of a guru, that's the job of a doctor. So, uh, if you become a follower of Srila Prabhupada, there are many things to do, and many things not to do. Many do's and don'ts. But at the end, we get Krishna, and then everything is worthwhile. And actually following these do's and don'ts, it makes our life meaningless. Otherwise it's animal life. Animals, they don't have, animals don't have any vidhi or nishet. You can train a dog. I'm coming from dog culture, so I know. But you, you, they keep the dogs in the house, which uh, in Vedic culture only chandals do that. Now everyone's a chandal, so everyone has this. <laughs> Hamdo hamare do. Hamdo hamari ek beti hai aur ek kutta bhi hai. This is the hamdo hamare do. Even if you have, now if you have two children, people think, why are you having so many children? One, one disciple of mine told me. He had one son and then he, uh, again, his wife, and he said, people are surprised. Are you having two children? Oh, so many children. They're thinking it's, so, keeping the dog, yeah, what is it? The dog, you can train the dog not to pass stool in the house. So they also have some vidhi and nishet, something. But human is, uh, human life is meant for, actually there should be many, should be many rules. In traditional culture there are many things. But that distinguishes the human from the animal. There are so many things we have to consider. Of course, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu has made it easy by chanting Hare Krishna. But still there are many considerations. We should only take food which is offered to Krishna, cooked by devotees, 
who are following the principles, we should, this, uh, we should, well, it's summed up. Anukul yasya sankalpa, pratikul yasya varjanam. We should do whatever is favorable for cultivating bhakti and not do that which will impede our bhakti. And then within that there comes so many rules. You'll find that in the nectar of devotion. That's why you have to read the nectar of devotion. Then you'll know what things to do and what things not to do. And you may feel afraid even hearing this. But you have to be a bit bold. Otherwise, if we think, well, let me just do whatever I like and some Swami will come and bless me and Guru Kripa he Kevala. But the Guru Kripa is, he tells you what to do so you can make advancement and what not to do so you don't fall down into hell. That's the Kripa. Because we get a result for everything we do. So we should know what to do and what not to do. So, uh, you can study that nectar of devotion. That will give the outline. There, there are so many things to learn. So please, yeah, charity begins at home. Study these books yourself. And give others the opportunity also. I'll stop now unless anyone has any question, please. Anything? Question? Comment? Anything? We have to become the servant of the servant of the servant, yeah. Prabhupada used to say, a thousand times removed. Because they, that's the idea, to think of myself as very humble. Sometimes we find, like, sometimes devotees also, they say that I'm so fallen, or I'm so, I'm the servant of the servant, I'm so fallen. It's sometimes so irritating. They are not with that mood, but they still they say, say that, They like, say, they I'm say, so I'm, I'm, I'm so fallen. Like, I'm not able, I'm not. But they don't mean it. Well, we should be sincere, isn't it? Just to say, I'm, I'm the servant, is not enough. We actually have to imbibe that mood and do some service. <laughs> False humility is hypocrisy, isn't it? It's not so easy to be a Vaishnava because we have over many lifetimes imbibed the wrong attitude. On the other hand, it is easy because it's natural. So it is easy because actually we are very insignificant. If we, it's just Maya to think that I'm very important. Sometimes devotees ask me that, well, how can I overcome pride? And then I ask them, well, what are you proud about? <laughs> and then uh, whatever it may be, there's no reason to be proud about anything. It's just foolishness. To realize what? The aim of the life is to realize the Almighty God. To what God? Almighty God. My ambition is also to realize the Almighty God. Just there's a slight difference between aim and ambition. Ambition gives the sense of promoting myself to be something big. Whereas the aim means, yeah, the desired goal. That doesn't necessarily mean that I become big. Actually, the desired goal, we should be not just unambitious, but probably anti-ambitious. To to aim to be small. Actually, there's no need to aim to be small, because we are small. So it's just a matter of realizing it, that's all. So, we're unambitious or non-ambitious, we're anti-ambitious. Our aim is to realize how small we are. When we can realize that, that is the perfection of life. But we can only do that in relation to Krishna, who is the Almighty God. We're small in relation to the cosmos, but then we have to realize that the whole universe is very small in relation to Krishna. 
What is that verse? Yes, Yaikanishvasita Kalam Atavalam Yajivanti Loma Vilajajagarandanata Vishnur Mahansa Eha Yasya Kala Visheshu Govindavadi Purusham Tamaham Majami. So many universes are coming out of the body of Mahavishnu and he is an expansion of Krishna. And that Govinda, the original Supreme Lord, we worship. So how small are we? <laughs> Anything else? So we are selling books to all people, whether they read or not. We're selling books to people, they may read or they may not read. A common question. People say that people don't read the books. Well, it's not true that people don't read the books because so many people become devotees by reading the books. They may not read it. Someone will read it in due course of time. I came to Krishna consciousness by reading a book that someone else had purchased and didn't read. There are so many cases like that. So, our job is to distribute them and then it's up to Krishna to do the rest. We also do other programs to encourage people to take an interest in Krishna consciousness and then they may start to read the books. So, don't be discouraged. Don't think, oh, they won't read it. You know, you 